The sounds of classical Chinese music have roots that stretch back many thousands of years. In each episode of Chords of China, we profile a classical Chinese instrument. You'll hear from the musicians who've mastered them and the artists who've been inspired by them. And we'll cross the borders of nations and cultures to hear from composers bridging the gap between Eastern and Western musical traditions. Just search for Chords of China on Apple Podcasts. Hello and welcome to Chords of China. My name is Jade. The sound you're hearing is a daily accompaniment to the lives of a great many Chinese people. It's the sound of the Erhu, the most common member of the Hu Qin, which is a family of Chinese bowed stringed instruments. Every morning, in parks or in the open courtyards of residential communities, old men and women sit together and play the Erhu. Among the pieces they often play for fun are tunes such as this one. What do you hear in this music? Infinite sadness or a serene, beautiful night. All could be right to describe the temperament of this Chinese Erhu classic named The Moon Over a Fountain. This piece of music was composed by an impoverished street performer, Hua Yanjun, in the early 20th century. The melody was randomly collected from his performances on the street. The original music doesn't actually have a name, which leaves room for the imagination of its audiences. The story of its composer, Hua Yanjun, adds even more romance to the music. Hua Yanjun was a street performer living in Wuxi, a southern river city near Shanghai. People called him Ah Bing, the blind man. He learned music from his father and played Taoist music in a temple to earn his bread. But his addiction to opium destroyed his health, taking his vision. After that, he lived through wars and social chaos until 1950, when a music scholar found Ah Bing's music and decided to record him. Finally rising to fame, Abing died only three months after this recording.
There are a lot of pausing and transitions in the rhythm of the moon over a fountain, giving a sense of depression or stubbornness. People believe the melody of this music is Arbing's internal monologue and something of a confession for his short, miserable life. Because of this, instrumentalists often focus on expressing sadness when playing his famous music. However, the interpretation of sadness is said to be the most difficult part. Zhang Xuguang is a Huqing instrumentalist with the China Broadcasting Chinese Orchestra. He says the moon over a fountain is frequently heard on stage, but realistically, not easy to play. 要想把乐曲最想表达的这一部分表现得淋漓尽致。The most difficult part is the ability to express the emotions behind the music properly. For example, to perform at the proper level of sadness relies on the precise understanding of the music and the control of the dynamic. The emotion actually changes through the later part of the piece, going from sadness to having hope for future. You can see people's attitude towards life is ever-changing. The expressive instrument are being played is the arhu. Compared to other traditional instruments, the arhu is small and fairly easy to carry around. It's also much cheaper than many other instruments. You can pick one up online for only about 300 RMB yuan, which is a little under 50 US dollars. Beyond the cost, the arhu is relatively easy to learn. It's not a difficult instrument. It can produce multiple pitches during bow pulls and flexes. Arhu player Zhang Xuguang says, although getting started with the instrument is easy, mastering it can be difficult, given that you need to learn how to get the right pitch. As a bold string instrument, the arhu doesn't have a fingerboard like a violin does, so it's hard to find the correct position of each pitch. It is sensitive to the strength that you use to press down on the string. But once the arhu has been mastered, it can be used to create evocative sounds, such as this one, which is meant to describe a scene of ten thousand horses stampeding across the grassland. This is horse racing. It describes the passionate scene at the Nadam Fair, a traditional celebration in Inner Mongolia. The quickly moved bowstring creates a nervous atmosphere during horse racing, and the string picking imitates the sound of a galloping horse.
It also could mimic the whinny of a horse. The ahu became a somewhat popular and mainstream instrument in the early 20th century, while many traditional Chinese art forms still relied on apprenticeships to teach students. 那么包括我们的民间音乐，呃，还有一些戏曲音乐。Folk music and opera relied on the skills of the mentors. Learners started by practicing small pieces of music to master basic playing skills. When you have mastered enough pieces of music, you can understand how to express the emotion and feeling behind the music. But this method of transmitting knowledge is vulnerable to the turbulence of war and social disruption. Which has led to many hooting masterpieces disappearing into the fog of history. Liu Tianhua, another erhu master living in the early 20th century, decided to change the way the erhu was taught by creating sheet music for the instrument. Students still use his work to practice erhu playing techniques. Liu's achievement has gone beyond those of an ordinary teacher. He's a popular composer. He writes many pieces in various styles. This is "Song by a Sick Man," which represents his understanding of a certain time with his problems. And this is Bright Journey, which is full of style of march. This is a gentle night. You can tell that his work has a distinctive style.
In the beginning of this episode, we heard the classics of the Erhu and got to know the two Erhu maestros in China, Ah Bing and Liu Tianhua. Their styles and melodies are used to create new pieces by some Chinese folk music composers. Many of these pieces have become classics on stage. What you're hearing now is the music piece titled Hua Bangzi, which is being played by Zhang Xuguang and the traditional Chinese ensemble. The melody of the music has been derived from Bangzi Opera, a popular opera style in Hebei, Henan, and Shanxi provinces. People living in this area mostly come from the countryside and are engaged in farming. The melodies reveal the inner world of farmers and describe their repetitive hard work day by day. The solo instrument is called Ban Hu, a similar instrument to the Erhu, with a high-pitched timber. Like the Erhu, the Ban Hu has two strings. It is held vertically, and the bow passes in between its two strings. But the sound box of the Ban Hu is built a bit differently. The sound box of the Ban Hu is made from a coconut shell and covered with a piece of thin wood, so the timber of the Ban Hu has a resonance. Compared to other hu qin, the ban hu sounds louder. It has a sharp and crisp timber. 
It's used to portray a deep and resonating style. But Zhang Xuguang says he prefers still another high-pitched huqing, often used in Peking opera, called the Jinghu. This is a live performance of a Jinghu solo, Deep in the Night, by Zhang Xuguang. With the heavy beating of a Chinese drum, the timber of the Jinghu is unique, giving the music a sense of overdrive. The overdrive is often misunderstood as noise, but is actually a special feature of the Jinghu. It is meant to match the resonance of the human voice in Peking opera. But for beginners, Jinghu is hard to control. They tend to produce noise rather than a melody. The Jinghu is the smallest instrument in the Huqing family. It's easy to recognize. It's made from bamboo. And if you recall the material used to create the banhu, its sound box is covered with thin wood or coconut shell. The materials used to build these huqing shows where and how they developed. People often use whatever they had access to in creating their instruments. As such, you can find unique styles of huqing in many different places around China. The gaohu in Guangdong and the horsehead fiddle of the Mongolian nationality are good examples. Regardless of a change in the appearance of the instruments, the huqing always use horsetail in creating the bow. The hu in huqing is a character which describes the northern tribes living in the grasslands in China. So its name has already revealed its origin of northern China. With that, we come to the end of this episode of Course of China. If you enjoy hooting melodies and like our show, please give us a rating. I am Jade, and we will leave you with another piece of music called "New Shepherds on the Grassland." Bye for now.
This has been a China Plus production. Thanks for listening. If you like the show, be sure to subscribe to the podcast for free. If you have any comments about the episodes, just send us an email 
podcast at cri.com.cn. Podcast at cri.com.cn. We're also on Facebook and Twitter at China Plus News. China, China Plus.